Hello, Retro Encounter listeners. This is Mike Solosi, and I have a correction to make. In this episode, Alana states early on that it's episode 120, when it's truthfully episode 121. That's my fault. The Monster Hunter episode last week was a last-minute addition to the schedule. So, please accept my apology for the continuity error, and enjoy this week's Aelorophilic Retro Encounter, episode 121. Welcome to episode 120 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast. I'm your host for this week, Alana Hagues, and today we've got something of a feline affair. Um, today joining me on the podcast is uh, two Retro Encounter regulars, uh, Robert Fenner with me. Uh, I'm here and I ain't kitten. Oh, I'm already starting on them. Oh. And <laughs> another regular, and a regular with me especially, is Keegan Lee. Oh, looks like the cat's out of the bag, guys. Oh... I said no puns. No puns. You got to get them out early. Yeah. You have got to get them out earlier. Um, but yeah, in case anyone hasn't guessed, um, this is kind of a bit of a fun, jokey episode. Uh, it's called The Practical Cats of RPGs. And regular listeners will know that myself and uh, Retro Encounters overlord uh, Mike Solosi did an episode on the good dog- dogs of RPGs. And we thought this would be a really cool follow-up because we have lots of cat fans on the site. And... As a kind of paradox as well, this year we are coming up to the lunar year of the dog, so we thought we'd have a bit of a laugh and do the complete opposite with cats. Because as well, there's so many good dogs in RPGs, there's also just as many good cats. So we're here to talk about the most practical of them, the funniest, the best. There's no real bad cats from what I've gathered um, in my sort of early research, but uh, we'll go straight into things, really. Um, so... I'm going to start off straight away with Fenna because you and I are, we always have like a tradition. We always seem to jump into this series. And so I know how much you like this particular cat from Shadow Hearts. And I recently replaying Shadow Hearts for the new, from the new world fell in love with this particular cat again. So let's talk about Mal. Let's talk about Mal for Keegan's sake because I feel like this is somebody who could appeal to Keegan. Yes, especially. please. Oh gosh, Mao. It's been such a long time since I've played From the New World. Um, I'm gonna have to fire it up again at some point. But if I remember correctly, Mao is a, uh, Mao is a drunken master practicing a, a drunken master kung fu who, um, is a crime boss who, if, if I remember correctly, is Mao best friends with, um, Capone? Yeah, he's best friends with Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's historically correct, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah, of course. So, like, while Capone's in jail, Mao's running running the racket on his behalf, and I think Mao is Mao a girl who's voiced by a male voice actor, or am I am I getting I mixed up here? I believe she's voiced by a woman. Okay. Um, let me. Have, I'm gonna look. Well, anyway, Mao is uh, Mao is a uh, fat cat crime boss who uh, abandons her duties to. Uh, join join the team, and um, that's about all I remember of Mao, other than her being the best <laughs> the best character in that game that I encountered. 
Yeah. Apologies, it is voiced by a man. It's voiced by Mark Thompson. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. But uh, yeah, long story short, Mao is literally a crime boss. But she is also the leader of a kung fu group. And I believe that one of the other characters, Frank, has been reporting to her on a time-on-time basis. Oh, uh, I forgot but, about that. <laughs> yeah, so it, he's, like, building up to, oh, you've got to meet my master. And so they go to meet this great kung fu master, and then you you find yourself talking with a giant cat next to <laughs> Al Capone. And, or you're trying to rescue Al Capone. That's where it comes about, I believe. Uh, but Mao is... I mean, Shadow Hearts from the New World doesn't take itself seriously at all. And... Not at all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun, and I think Mao is such a good... She's such a good character in that game. She doesn't really have too much plot relevance apart from rescuing Al Capone, and then that kicks off Ricardo's storyline, and I can't remember her name. Lady gets involved. Um, but my favorite thing about Mao is that she has one of the best side quests, and we were on the Shadowhearts Covenant podcast last year, and we were talking about the wrestling side quest and many of the other side quests that are pretty hilarious like Blanca's which we also covered on the dog episode but this one so Mao is a crime boss but her ultimate goal is to be a movie star so what you have to do is you collect cat coins by I believe drinking or eating enemies and she (laughs) turns them into coins brings them to her director friend and you have to play through these different fight sequences with Mao. So every floor is um, a different cat. But each cat is named after an actor or each scene is from a film. So I think there's a scene from Terminator in there, if I remember. And one of the cats is a pun on Bruce Lee's name or something. Um, but it's just crazy. Um, By the way, this game takes place in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pre-prohibition, I think, but yeah. I need to play the Shadow Hearts series so bad. <laughs> well, the thing is, is if you go from one to three, you will see the drastic kind of. I wouldn't say the first game is particularly serious, but it's definitely got a different feel to two and three. It's got a very. Well, it's like every time I like peek into the series, it's always like through you guys. And you're always at weird parts, like, yeah, this vampire wrestler guy. And I'm like, what's going on? It's <laughs> all <laughs> factually correct, though. Um, yeah, there's a whole vampire yeah. wrestling clan that th- throughout all three games in the series. Mm-hmm. So a drunk cat is pretty much the norm for the Shadowheart series, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, eventually. Yeah. That's, that's pretty normal, considering what we have discussed, like the postman and mm-hmm. Blanca, who walks on two, like... I can understand Mao walking on two legs, but I seeing Blanca walk on two legs, who is literally a bipedal wolf. <laughs> I, can, I can accept Mao more than I can Blanca. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, but Mao is pretty special, I think, in terms of she's probably the jokiest character we're going to cover on our little list, I would say. Um, but she's definitely she's a character. She's one of the most memorable characters from that game. Um, I always laugh when I think about her. Um, just more drunk cats in video games, I think, is probably the answer. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm, for definite. Uh, she's also water-based, which isn't surprising, considering she carries a bottle of sake with her all times. Um, <laughs> she's got that hollowed-out gourd, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> and she drinks from it whenever she uses any of her special moves, I believe. So, yeah. well, She's a woman after my own heart. 
yeah, Shadow Hearts is a very strange game, uh, but it's better than the giant pit purple cat from from uh, Covenant. Yeah, that's a that's a rare villainous cat. That is Ooh. a rare villainous cat. Andre, is it called? I think so. Yeah. It's yeah, like a, like a pink um, pink Persian long hair who's gigantic, and I guess uh, I I can only assume that they wanted to uh, do cats justice by including Mao as uh, the greatest hero of all time uh, after right. uh, after making you um, beat a cute kitty. <laughs> 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 yeah, they needed to redeem them, so they had a good dog, so they had a good cat. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the answer. Um, but yeah, Mao doesn't have much relevance in story wise. Unfortunately, she's just kind of. Follows you around. She has a good knowledge of the North Americas and <laughs> martial arts, but that's about all that she's good for, which is a shame because, I mean, it's like Joachim in uh, Covenant, I believe. Uh, she just serves as the kind of comedy value with Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to play from the new world, I think Mao is a pretty good reason to go back and play that game. It's aged surprisingly well. I yeah, I'm going to have to crack it out. Mm. Yeah, I'd written it off when I first played it, but replaying it showed me that actually it's way better than it seems so mm. yeah drunk cats <laughs> but i suppose i'll jump to keegan now because i think this will be the probably the biggest or maybe most well known um jumping off from our huge final fantasy feature um, yes. <laughs> we'll jump straight into final fantasy 14 and the mikote race um are you a mikote keegan or are you um, I was a Makote for a little bit until I uh, switched to uh, uh, the Aura Dragon race. Oh, yeah. Because I have real bad, like, focus problems with staying with one character, as I'm sure <laughs> you can speak to our <laughs> uh, lovely boss, Mike Sabato. He will tell you how often I have changed. I've spent close to $100 on just oh. race change potions. I have a problem. Oh my god. I, mean, I was going to say, I thought you were a Lala at one point. Were I was. <laughs> oh. Listen, I've been everything. Okay. <laughs> right. So go ah. through what you can remember from being a Makote then. I Anyways. Have a Fantasia <laughs> potion problem. <laughs> so, the Makote are the uh, cat-like race of Eorzea, which I enjoy compared to other fantasy worlds where it's just, you know, straight elves, dwarves, like one beast-like race. Eorza really balances it out with how different each race is physically. And the cats are, you know, your straight cat people. They're actually uh, divided into two separate clans in the game. So you have the uh, Sun Seekers and the Moon Seekers. And the big difference between them is which one do you want to have kitty eyes? So the Sun Seekers have the straight slits, while the Moon Seekers are full-on circles, like regular humans. Ooh. Yeah, it's, I didn't that. yeah, it's very unnerving when you actually do notice it randomly. <laughs> I've been around too many Sunseekers. Everyone yeah. in our FC was a Sunseeker, so I didn't notice the difference. Not many people seem to play as the other race, which is kind of a shame. No, yeah, I definitely, I think it's actually based server by server, because I've gone through um hmm. a couple with alts, and it's really either a high Sunseeker um, population or really high Moonseeker. But interesting fact that I looked up here throughout um, all the subscribers to Final Fantasy fourteen, female Mikotes are the second highest race and gender throughout every server. People love cat girls. People love yeah. cat girls. And the first one are normal, boring hures. 
aka the human uh, race. Yeah, I'm not surprised at the um, Makote proportions. Um, we only had male Kim Makote in RFC, though, which I've seen many female Makote. Uh, I was an Allison in the time that I played it, so I was one of the elder uh-huh. people. Yeah, I made her really short, but she's still taller than the tallest. <laughs> like, no, I can't do this. But, um, yeah, they're, um, they're a hugely popular race and they're popular with our staff. Caitlin is one, isn't she? I believe she's, uh, yes. I know that Caitlin is and I believe Marcos is as well currently. I don't know if he's changed. Maybe Mike's. But I know both of them are cat people. Oh, yeah, Solosi yeah. was, too. Solosi was as well when he gets back eventually. Um, <laughs> One day. When <laughs> Retro Encounter frees him, he will be able to play games again. <laughs> Lala fell for life here, folks. <laughs> I mean, they're adorable. They are so cute. The, the, Lala, the tiniest uh, boy with the biggest hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like Makote a lot. Um, they come from the Mithra from the original game. And if I remember correctly, there was a time in 11, not the original game, sorry. Um, I think you could only be a female, if I remember correctly. Yep, and I think they correct. patched it in. Yeah, so they patched it in, didn't they, that you could change gender. And they kept it going for 14 as well. Um, well, with uh, 14, when it uh, first released, back in the 1.0 days, it was still all female when you wanted to be in the coat. Oh, okay. And I believe the Rogadin, who are the giant like race of people, you could only be male at the time of uh, 1.0 also. Ah. I remember that. Yeah, yes, it's a very I weird thing. Hmm. I mean, it's a, I don't want to say it makes sense, but I can see why, because like you've said, the female um, Makote are the second most popular race yeah. in the game, so I suppose it appeals, but yeah, they... They're hugely popular. And I think Mike and I covered in our days that they're a dog race because the cat race is so popular. But there aren't too many. The, the Going on to the main characters in 14, the only one I can remember, I'm only like partway through Heaven's Ward, um, is uh, Ishtola, who happens to be the kind of flag bearer for 14, mm-hmm. which I've always found quite interesting. She's I like her a lot, and I think she's probably one of my favorite scions anyway uh she's very stoic very smart very very calm she never really loses it um she's very much the voice of reason mm. in a lot of scenes. yeah and how far are you before i uh, maybe... uh look heaven's word's been out for a long time alana you're not gonna hurt <laughs> me i'm okay, okay. <laughs> well i don't want to delve into spoilers but she does have some pretty big I, plot i think i know what you're talking about with her okay, in the yeah. uh not the life stream. Oh god, I forgot the Oh what they disappear into. The astral stream someone will kill me for this. I uh, my head's on the block here. Listen, oh, after after five Final Fantasies in a row, they really start to blend together. <laughs> so apo- apologies for my lack of terms. Yeah, so regardless regardless of where you are in fourteen and regardless of where she goes through, she used the band magic spell and she goes blind. Which is pretty horrible. Um, that's how much she comes out. Because I think you have to get the leader of um, Gridania, don't you? And the two white mages with her. And you bring her out of yeah, the... I think that's great. Yeah, like, quote unquote life stream. Um, she does have one of the bigger plot points out of all of the Scions in Heaven's Ward, I think. Or I can't remember where it is. It's been so long since I've played 14. Um, but I really like how... 
she is the voice of reason. She has a big part in Stormblood as well, or she has like one big moment, which I won't spoil because that is still relatively new. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I think I can see why she's been the flag bearer of the series because that race is so popular and also it's different to have a conjurer as the kind of lead yeah, character. That is true too in contrast to the rest of the Final Fantasies. Mm, exactly. Even the females who are traditionally called flag bearers. Um, but it's not a Lala type thing like Shantoto is. Um, we should see more Lalas, but Makotes are cool and Makotes are everywhere if you go into oh, any server. Show like, up on any main town on like a Friday night and I guarantee you there will be a Mikote dance party happening somewhere. Oh baby. Yeah. It's a constant. Yeah. Everywhere. I had more Lala parties on um Moogle. There was a oh, Lala really? be- there was a Lala Fell beach party um at Costa del Sol. So <laughs> Now I'm used to it might just be a Leviathan thing, but there are so many Makote dance parties. <laughs> With top hat being only necessary clothing. Oh, boy. oh yeah, it's oh, been a, it's it's been a fun ride through Leviathan. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Um, so I'm gonna stick with this Final Fantasy series and pick up on the other big cat in the, uh, I suppose, wide series. Um, not a particularly popular character, um, mostly because I think people, um, associated with the stuff Moogle Mog, as it was translated. Uh, <laughs> But Kate Sith, who apparently turned Scottish post two thousand and five, somebody's going to complain. It's yeah, always no been Scottish. Scottish before. <laughs> it is actually uh, it's Ket She, which is a uh, Scottish cat spirit. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Right. I see. I doubt myself every time I say Cat She, and I'm like, see now, Fenner's cleared up for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to be really careful now. Like, uh, it's because they Ket never. the cat, to... and Kushi's the dog. Yes. Oh. That makes sense. So that's why he's... Oh, see? It's all coming together. This... See? Don't ever say Retro Encounters not <laughs> game-changing or revolutionary and doesn't teach you anything. We're slowly <laughs> falling under the educational tag. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's, like, already knew that it was Catchy. I just always doubt It's because nobody ever says, Oh, Catchy, can you do this? And it's like... Nobody ever refers to him by... He's like the fetus of Final Fantasy VII. Perhaps he's just a dream. But Catchy anyway. I kind of like Catchy. He's been a bit of a joke for me and some friends for a while, but I think he's relatively important. And I like his stuff Mog. I think his stuff Mog is very cute and I want one. But in the wider scope of Seven, he does have a few more plot points and a few major kind of structural like instances. He's actually the only character, I believe, Who's other than he's him and Vincent are the only two characters who are playable than more in more than one Final Fantasy game or seven game, like because they're both playable and uh, Cerberus. Is Ketchy playable in Cerberus? Yeah, yeah you, there's a side quest. Oh, oh man, I want to play it now. <laughs> Do you have seven hours? <laughs> um, maybe not for Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that game exists. I love Vincent, but. Yeah, yeah. There's a section where you have to. I think a few sections where you control Kashi and you have to like crawl around and do espionage. I don't want to say. Yeah, like, it's totally. very jarring. If I remember, it does not really fit in with the rest of the gameplay. Yeah, um, but Kashi is sometimes not a good cat, and uh, mostly because he is controlled by Reeve, who is working for Mid. Uh, not Midgar. Uh, um, uh, Shinra. That's yeah, the Shinra. Word. <laughs> But he's also a double agent as well, so 
kind of good and bad, but Ketchy does some things to kind of lead you astray. Um, but he does do some good things as well. So he uses his little stuffed mog as a uh, kind of decoy in the Temple of the Ancients where you have to get the Black Materia. And it was the first time that he ever did anything. Like the rest of the time, he felt like a joke, char- a joke character leading up to that point. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether you bring him with you or you don't. Um, he just comes along and he's like, no, no, I'm going to do this because my body's expendable. And you don't really think about it at the time. I didn't, when I played it as a kid, I didn't think of the Mog as being not animatronic, but I didn't, it didn't cross my mind. And I figured the cat as well would have gone with him. Mm. But when they both came back, um, it's kind of a surprise. Um, but he's got more important, like, plot points than a couple of other characters, which always surprises me. And I think Reeve is one of my favorite side characters in those games anyway, just because he's kind of the cool, oh god, what have you done again kind of thing in Dirge of Cerberson and a couple of the other spin-offs. Um, his literal line, he has like two lines in Advent Children as well, which is like slapping Red 13 on the head twice. It's <laughs> literally it. But um, outside of Final Fantasy outside of those like kind of cutscenes where he does play a little bit of importance. I don't really use him very much just because he's unfortunately a luck based character and frustrates the hell out of me and I don't really enjoy using slots and mm. dice. Um I think story wise, I think they handled him pretty poorly and the excuse to yeah. not take him out of the party once Reeve is revealed is really um like a wishy washy cop out. However He's adorable. And um, personally, I, you know, the, the luck-based aspect is is lame, but I really, really enjoyed using him because I had a real soft spot for Setzer in Final Fantasy VI. So um, getting to play with the yeah. slots again, um, I, I guess it just uh, made some kind of little joy go, go off in my heart. Uh, so I, I kept him. I think he was in my final party when I completed that game just because I liked really? him so oh, wow. much. Yeah. Wow. He was doing some major damage. Yeah, he can do. I think he has some solid magic stats as mm. well, surely. Yeah, he was Mega a powerhouse Man. for me. Mm. Yeah, I do think they handle him very poorly. Like, the one plot point that I do mention, and they do make him kind of important, but like you say, they kind of just force it on you. It's like, mm. it's very disappointing. But well, at the I end mean, of the day... I... Yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go. Oh, I was going to say, at the end of the day, I guess... I don't want to say he's like a mascot character, but that mm. he kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> or trying to be. Nobody loves him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's no Teddy, but like, you know. Well, see, that's a different story. <laughs> By the way, speaking of, when are we going to do the good bears of RPGs? Because I've got like two and I'm ready to go. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, well, that's your mistake. It isn't, Teddy is not on that list because he's not a good bear. No, he's not. <laughs> anyway, di- diverging. Um, but yeah, Kashi is... I like him a little bit, but I have to admit, I wish... I don't know. He just kind of seems like he's there for cuteness yeah. and appeal. But like mm-hmm. you said, he's cute. But I don't know why I've left it so long to talk about the best RPG cat. doesn't mean we're ending here, folks. It's just that we're <laughs> going back to something that, again... Uh, Keegan, how familiar are you with the Tale series? With the Tales series, um, I'm actually starting to get back into it a little bit, but I really yeah. took a break in the PS3 360 era. Okay, so, so we're gonna we're gonna fill in some gaps for you because there is a very good cat in the PS3 era. Oh Get my it. god! Yep. 
Um, so before I dive into the very good cat, we'll know that the entire series has a race of are they people or are they just? It's weird. Always been confused by this. Yeah, so they look like I can't think of another equivalent of them straight away, but they're just people dressed as cats. Yeah, they're wearing like Kigurumi costumes. Yeah. Yeah. They always remind me of the Hamachu man in Skies of Arcadia who's on Hamachu Island pretending to be a bird. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. But anyway, cats with a K and a Z, of course. Um, They are not the best cats in the Tales series. Uh, They're mostly just function as mini game outlets and. You can get some joke weapons for them. I think you get, like, a cat's outfit for Genus and Tales of Symphonia. <laughs> in Symphonia, isn't there, like, a, like, a, um, kind of like a, a heavy-handed or, like, a, like, a heartbreaking cat storyline where you, like, you find out the plight of the cats and how they're discriminated against? And yeah, isn't that how you get that costume? Like, it's, it's, a, it's this really dark yeah. thing. It's really sad. It's vaguely familiar now. Yeah, it is. I think, I feel like you have to go to Mel Tokyo for something, don't you? Or, yeah. It's a dead girl. It's a girl who's dying or something. You have God. To cat. What? Is that the one? I, I, I think so. I just remember it being like really, really sad. It was like it was really strange because it was like this really, really sad story that went on for a long time and it was completely optional and it was just all about these people in cat costumes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think That's I'd written weird. out of my memory because... <laughs> especially against the backdrop of the elf half elf human thing it's quite jarring that game was nuts mm-hmm. um i think the cats are pretty big in graces as well i'm not the biggest proponent of graces and i don't really remember their involvement but i think there's a quest where you have to gather i think they're the like synthesis people or that might be the turtles but wasn't it all like... turtles and graces yeah, who were was. basically they were basically cats, but they were turtle themed and they uh, spoke in Brooklyn yeah. accents. They <laughs> <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wasn't that in Zesteria also? Because now that you said turtles, I vaguely remember that when I played through. Yeah, turtles were in Zesteria as well, but you did remind me that cats make an appearance in Berseria because you have to collect cat souls. Yeah, um, oh yeah, right. and there's those cats yeah. balloon popping mini games and stuff. Oh god, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, detour. Um, back to the good boy. Go back to the real good boy. Rolo, or what's his name in Japanese again? Oh, what was his name in Japanese? Did I think it's Lulu? Lulu. Lulu, yes. Yeah, Rolo, Lulu. Tales of Exilia 2 isn't a brilliant game, but Rolo is a brilliant thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is so, um, so round. He's beautiful. <laughs> He is a chubby boy, and I love him. I like his little boots. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He's got little black boots on his feet. Oh, when? Oh, not literal boots. That's what I call it when cats have different colors. Oh, feet. like socks. Yeah, they're like little boots. Yeah, Rollo is the best. Um, he's he's just a sweet, chubby boy who is with you till the end. I remember when I was playing through Tales of Zillia 2, um, I was living on this road where at the end of our road, there was like quite a fat British blue cat. Um, who Justina drew a picture of and then like put it through the house's letterbox as a Christmas card. And then they, they sent a Christmas card of their own and the cat's name was Rico. And it was just like, oh. Oh, what a treat seeing, seeing big fat Rico just walking, you know, walking to the supermarket. And it was like, Oh, Rico. Oh. And like on our final day living in the house, we're like, we're so sad that we have to leave this street. And then like we walked past and Rico was looking at us through the window and he put like a little paw up to the glass. And I was like, Oh my Ew. God. 
goodbye, no. Rico. Um, but uh, R- Rico and Rolo, um, the, the, interacting with Rolo was like interacting with Rico to me. Oh, it is very good. And I think they do a really good job in that game of making Rolo not overbearing. Like, mm. he's so adorable. And he's he's probably my one of my favorite side quests in the series they've really utilized a similar version of it in Berseria um, Mm. with a ship but in this one so you get kitty treats and you can basically (laughs) send you can get Rolo to go out and search for things like weapons, items but Rolo will also go and find other cats who are missing and you'll get there's like a woman in the bottom of these flats who is a cat woman and she wants you to go and find all of the cats. Tells them Xilia has good cat puns as well, like loads of good cat puns. <laughs> um, but basically, Rolo's job is to go around in his chubby little her paws, go around and find all of the missing cats. Um, and he makes this really cute meow- meowing noise, but he just he li- he likes food as well. Mm. I think it's my favorite thing. But- I, the first time I think most people saw him was in that cutscene, like the opening cutscene where he's like trying to scratch Julius because <laughs> he's trying to pull him away from uh, Luca, and yeah, he's not a happy boy, but he's such a good boy. He's so beautiful. Rolo, he's so cute. Um, I, lo- I love a large kitty. <laughs> I love, a, yeah. Rollo is a large kitty, and I love him, but I do find him very endearing. Um, the sad thing, I had to, pl- I played it quite a lot. Because I'm a big fan of, I was a big fan of Exilia. I'm a little bit off of it now, but and Exilia Two was part of that reason. But mm-hmm. um, whenever, when, whenever you send Rolo off to do this quest, he like runs to the left or the right of the screen and runs off. And I have two dogs who don't love cats, unfortunately. So <laughs> Rolo will run to the right of the screen and run off the screen, and my dog will run to the right of the TV <laughs> and look and watch it run, and then follow it, and it's. <laughs> it's gone. You can't see it. And sometimes he runs towards the TV screen as well, which just spooks him out quite a bit. He doesn't understand that it's not coming into the room. But that is adorable. That reminds me actually. When I got, uh, I was playing through Zillio when I got Borscht when he was a kitten, and he was trying to attack every single battle in that game, just <laughs> b- climbing up and batting at the screen. It was amazing. Dude, that's training. It's Battle Kitty ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think Rolo is a fantastic kitty, probably the best. Mm-hmm. He's his literal involvement in the plot is like not getting trod on and going the wrong way. Sometimes I think that's how the whole game starts, isn't it? Is that he goes onto a train or something? I think or so. He goes yeah. The wrong way, <laughs> and Luca's like, "Oh great, I've got to go to work now." And Rolo just goes off in a strop. <laughs> that's it. But yeah. Rolo, I don't think Rolo will ever get topped in the series in terms of mascots. Get rid of your muse and your repeat. <laughs> even repeat. Even beats repeat. Repeat is pretty good, but, he, but yeah. Rolo is, is, is one of his own. Yeah. He's not chubby like Rolo. And, he'd, yeah. and Rolo doesn't pee everywhere, so... <laughs> but he's got a cool smoking pipe. He does have a cool smoking pipe. But he doesn't get other cats. <laughs> Uh, I need <laughs> um, to play this one. Zillia and Zillia 2 are two that I've missed out on. And now that I know there's an adorable kitty in Zillia 2, it really mm. fuels me to play it. They're good. I like Exilia a lot more than most people. Um, Exilia 2 is a big letdown story-wise, sadly. Oh. 
but I'm in the la- again, a lot of people don't like it, but I'm in the camp where I hate all three endings and don't believe the game should exist. So. Oh, there's multiple endings. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, love. Yeah. Yeah, but Rolo makes it all worth it. So if you just do, if you do the Rolo side quest and then finish the game when you've got all of the cats, then <laughs> that's it. it. That's all you need to do. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Um, you do also get, um, I think Luger gets different weapons. Jude definitely gets Tipo mittens. So he gets, not Tipo mittens, wrong character. Luger gets weapons based on cats as well. So he mm. gets three different weapons. He has, uh, Jill swords, guns, and a hammer. And his guns are kitty blasters that Rolo can pick up. <laughs> and they meow whenever you shoot at enemies. Time out. The cat can pick up the guns? So the cat finds them for you, and it's a piece of equipment for one of your characters. Right. And you can use them in battle, and they meow when you use uh, them. I was really hoping it was like a Final Fantasy VIII situation where the cat would jump in, <laughs> shoot somebody, and then jump out. Oh, Rolo, oh Rolo Gunfu. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that yeah. is... <laughs> Time out, guys. I need to go create my own video game real quick. I'll be back in two years. <laughs> oh. Um. So, uh, a series we've just covered on Retro Encounter, or a game we've just covered on Retro Encounter, was Breath of Fire 4. And uh, throughout the entire series, uh, there is uh, the Warren race, which are... They're tigers. Most of them are like wild cats or big cats. Um, Cray from 4 is definitely a kind of tiger-esque enemy. And... I know Keegan wanted to talk about one Warren. Well, particular. Uh, my personal opinion, by the way, I didn't realize it until you said it, but there definitely is a tiger motive going on between two, three, and four mm-hmm. when you look at them. But mm-hmm. uh, Lynn from Dragon Quarter, Breath of Fire 5, uh, I'm not a fan of her design. <laughs> it's She kind of looks like, more like okay, a bear, so... doesn't she? Yes, it's the ears. That's what's bothering me the most. Yeah. It's the round ears, isn't it? Yeah. It well, it gets rid of like all of like the real cat qualities except for the tail. Like, like if you look at um Cat or Ray from two or three, like they're very beastly characters, you know. Hmm. Like they're clearly animals, but you look at her. If she just wore a hat and like hit her tail, you wouldn't be able to tell what she is. She'd just be a person. <laughs> if you didn't know the history of the series, then yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's my rant. <laughs> yeah, it was she's... something that bothered me that I didn't know about till like half an hour ago. Mm. But no, I figured the tiger. I was always toying with what Cray was, and it wasn't until, and I think I spoke about this on the Breath of Fire 4 episodes, there's an enemy that can turn you into an egg, and when it turns Cray into an egg, he has the tiger striping all the way across his egg, so oh. I knew that he was a tiger. But unlike the Warren, they seem. I think I only played a bit of three, all of four, and a little bit of five, which is Dragon Quarter. They are a kind of proud kind of warrior race. They kind of keep to themselves. They're quite... Um, Cray in particular is a little bit fiery and likes mm. to kind of take things into his own hands. I kind of like Lin's design. I don't hate it, but I do see where you're coming from. But I think it's just the general aesthetic and style the Dragon Quarter is going for because it's Possibly. very different to the rest of the series, which... Is jarring for definite. Um, the the Warren who join your party uh, across the Breath of Fire series, the the ones who join your party in particular, they always struck me as kind of outcasts from the tribe who don't yeah. really fit in quite as well with like the the um, honorable stoic stoic nature. Um, like mm. 
Cray reminds me quite a bit. I think his name was Ren or Ray in in Breath of Fire Three, who's like a bandit in the woods. Um, yeah. And Cat um, in Two is is also somebody who's struck out struck out on her own um, and is betrothed to marry this this proud warrior Taiga. Um, so it, it's kind of fun taking these um, kind of like ne'er do well roguish characters back to their um, very very tribal um, communities and. Um, putting, uh, recontextualizing that part of their past with their current identity. Hmm. I've not noticed that before, but I think I can tell from the way the design definitely. Cray in particular is a very interesting case because he's, he's cool. actually the leader. He's the late. He's very cool. He's the leader of the clan as well. Hmm. So he does make a decision to kind of outcast himself because he's the reason that. Um, not that the war gets started, but he's the reason that everyone's after Ryu and he gets arrested at the beginning of chapter two. So obviously everyone in the village is really angry that Cray has gone against the wishes of the Empire and they're all ready to start war mm. because of what he's done. So for definitely I can see that and he's definitely, he's half warring as well because he's, his mother's a human, I believe, and if I remember correctly, she's the woman who lives in the middle of the field from Golden Plains, but mm. yeah, I can see Cray is definitely the kind of standout of them, and I do really like him because he's very much protector, brother, fatherly figure. But no, I do really like them, and I think, I mean, I don't know if there's one in Breath of Fire Six, but why is that series dead? Is... Well, you can't even play that game anymore. I think they've no, yeah, it's taken exactly. down now, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Got last, lasted a whole ten months, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's such a shame. But no, Kreas in particular is the one I remember and I do he's well he spoke about this, me and Mike, but not many of the characters get a lot of moments to shine and Cray gets a couple, especially hmm. towards at the end of chapter three. Which is an awful, horrible scene in the entire series and the hor- most horrible thing I've had to sit through for a long time. So, mm. yeah, it's a very nasty section of the game. But check out our episode Warren... to hear all about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to know the details. Definitely. Um, I do like the Wildcat Cafe proprietor is just yes. right. It's right in front of me. <laughs> it's a very good description of cat, I would say, from just looking at her. <laughs> the Wildcat Cafe uh, proprietor is adorable. Um, Mm -hmm. I like this whole segment. Um, it is because it's a reference to, um, the Miyazawa Kenji story, uh, the restaurant of many orders, um, which pops up from time to time again in Japanese games. It was, I think most recently in, um, Hatofu, Hatofu boyfriend holiday star, uh, where, uh, some travelers come across a cafe. And in the, in the case of, of Breath of Fire 2, um, those travelers are you. And, um, as you're making your way through these, these doors to reach this restaurant, you're confronted with more and more orders to like, you know, take off your hat and your coat and then take off your shoes and then eventually take off all your clothes and then slather your body in oil and salt and pepper and then walk onto a big grill. And, um, it's all because, uh, Wildcat, who's this obese cat in a chef's apron with a butcher knife, is uh, going to be serving you for dinner. <laughs> and when you beat him, he becomes a master and he teaches you a skill and he apologizes. 
So I need to play Breath of Fire 2 up to that point. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I I would kind of advise against it. That game has a lot of <laughs> has a lot of baloney in it. It's got some really amazing moments, but there is so much of like walk through a really tough dungeon, speak to one person, walk all the way back, and then walk back oh, again. No. It does a lot of that at the beginning. It's horrible. Oh God. I might have to just YouTube that then because that sounds amazing. Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's a fantastic moment. If you refuse to follow the orders, you have to fo- you have to fight um a Mater D, who um he's it's he looks like a Choaniki character. He's this big buff, almost naked bald man wearing a bow tie. Um, but if you if you obey if you disobey too many orders and you fight too um more of these guys it, it it of course it makes the battle with wildcat easier but it um puts wildcat's hidden disposition level down and what and he, and he won't teach you the skill at the end oh <laughs> kind of clever are the matron these cats as well or are they just no they're big buff men oh <laughs> it's weird it's really really weird <laughs> i hope that they would be cats but oh well <laughs> i want to quiz um Robert a little bit more on a, a series I know he loves and a series I need to get into because I've only played Fantasy Star Online. So please tell me about Meow. Is that how you say it? Like Meow? That's how I say it. Okay, uh, please. Meow is a good and sweet boy. Meow was the first cat in an RPG I ever played by virtue of um, it being the first RPG I ever played. Um, Meow is a, he's a musk cat uh, who are a uh, race of uh small yellow talking cats with big ears who live on the planet Dezorus. Um And Meow in particular, he is uh, the, he's the partner of uh, the warrior Odin, um, who, <laughs> no relation to the god, but um, Odin and Meow uh, went into, uh, went into a tower to defeat Medusa and um, Odin ended up turned to stone, but Meow escaped. And, um, you you find Odin's uh, Odin's statue and you want to restore him, but then you know you start hearing these rumors about this cat who got away, and you're you're running all over the place trying to track down this cat's location, and you find that he's he's been sold. Um, I think he's been sold to a circus. I can't really remember, but um, you have to uh, you have to trade like a rare vase for Meow's freedom, and uh, and he's like, hey, thank you so much. Let's uh, I've I've got the uh, anti stone medicine in this necklace that I wear. Let's uh, let's go get him. Um, and he's, he's like a really powerful mage. Um, and it's just wonderful (laughs) that your first party member is this teeny tiny, um, adorable talking cat who, you know, follows behind you in town and you, you know, eventually you've got like a full party and there's just this little yellow cat, um, following you, uh, following behind you. Um, and eventually meow, um, you, you get this, you get this nut near the end of the game, um, that uh, Meow eats at the top of the highest tower on planet Palma, and he turns into like this flying dra- this flying um, lion, uh, kind of like li- lion chimera griffin type thing, who takes you to the to um, the uh, penultimate dungeon to uh, to fight King Lassic. So he's a he's a cat of many talents, but um, he will always he will always be in my heart for his. Um, very very adorable appearance and um yeah he's wonderful he's beautiful <laughs> he's such a he's good boy yeah he's got really nice foxy ears which i really like yeah he, yeah, looks, I, he looks really strange it's like a fox bunny cat yeah perfect i find that really amusing actually that in a game like fantasy star 
your party members are all are they all human or are they humanoid other than meow uh in the first in the first game they're well uh, lutz is an he's called an esper and i guess he's just like a psychic human but alice and odin are both humans and then um yeah so everybody's basically a human but from different planets and then there's meow (laughs) okay but um Meow uh, makes an appearance in, in Fantasy Star 4. Uh, he's uh, survived for thousands of years, and he becomes the uh, Muscat Elder, looking looking after the Muscat village. Aww. With wings? Yeah. Is that the one I'm... Yeah. I've seen that before. I didn't realize that it was the playable cat from one. <laughs> yeah, he's he's yeah. all grown up. Yeah. And um, there are Muscats in Fantasy Star 2 as well, but I think it's called Meow. Oh, but yeah. I forgot about those guys. Far, yeah, more of a far cry away, because I'm assuming Meow is like a quadrupedal, walks around on four legs cat mm-hmm. that talks, but the Meow is um, it's on two legs and it carries around a sword. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I think it's more of a like reference towards Meow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you'd think with sci-fi RPGs or quote-unquote sci-fi RPGs, because now I have to drop in Star Ocean 4 very briefly because I don't like Miracle. That's like the, that's as far <laughs> as you get. Other than now, you don't get very good. Miracle is like the best of a bad bunch, and that's not saying much because mm. she is literally like a skimpy cat girl. Mm-hmm. I agree her design is horrible, without a doubt. She's but she's fun cat. to play with in the game. They're all fun like to play as. Like, gameplay wise, she's fun to play as. Mm, she's very fun to play as. They're all very fun to play as. It's just a shame she's dreadful. Like, everything else about that game almost. Oh. Not as bad as five, but that's a different I can't believe you'd hate on Edge Maverick. Oh, God. Are we going to have this discussion again? <laughs> well, it's, 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 say, it's, it's out again on PS4. Hero name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the. It's just not a lot of representation for cats. We need equal representation for cats in space and sci-fi mm. RPGs. Why has Mass Effect not had like some kind of cat race? Like, I don't know. I don't know whether I trust that. But you, it would get porny really fast, I'm sure. Yes, I reckon it would as well. But I think it's a really interesting look because I would have assumed, knowing that Meow is from Fantasy Star, not because of any basis, but because of my narrow-minded kind of, oh, wait, it's a space RPG, and my brain went straight to Miracle, and I was like... Hmm. But when I look at Meow and look up, read about him, I love his kind of semi-Ninetales kind of evolution that he gets in Generation 1, which is the remake. He gets, like, gold with big wings, and he's a really pretty fox boy then. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really impressed, actually. I'm gonna have to do some more digging around for Meow, because there needs to be some more, more quadrupedal cats. More mm-hmm. party member cats. That is mm-hmm. what that we've discussed a couple, but there are really not that many. Um, there's uh, just a brief aside. There's uh, Mao in the latest um, Sheer and the Wanderer on uh, Vita. Oh. Uh, Mao is a uh, very grumpy hunter who takes the form of an obese calico who wears an eye patch and smokes a <laughs> pipe. Same as Mao from Shadowhearts. Uh, he basically <laughs> is, yeah. He's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you, he hates you and he he threatens to shoot you until you bring him his favorite food. What is his? I get that. I can't remember what you give him, but oh. it's probably something really stupid like sushi. <laughs> probably. But he's a powerhouse. He's he's been in my party every time I go dungeon diving. 
Nice. Mm. I need to play Shirin. Mm-hmm. They're good games. They're great. Mm. But yeah, more party member cats. <laughs> Another mm-hmm. calico obese cat. Hmm. <laughs> they do look very, very similar, and they have the same name. Yeah, it's just gender differences this time. Um, but let's move on from Meow and the Star Ocean Cat, who should not be associated with the good boy Meow <laughs> at all. Um, so I'll go into something again that's a little bit more of a kind of a side thing. Uh, Corona Trigger has one instance of a cat called Is Gatto. Is Gatto a cat? Yes. Is Gatto is a robotic cat, isn't he? Is he? Uh, I thought he was just a fat robot. I mean, his name's, he's a robot. His name's Gonzalez in Japanese. He's a robot cat. Well, then let's go on to Chrono Cross, who is kind of also not <laughs> well, a cat, but never mind. You get a, you start collecting cats in Chrono Trigger. Oh, you do? Yeah, if you if you win all that cat food from... Uh, what's the name of that place? Like Peeble Winklers or something? Yeah, you, that weird haunted house place. Yeah, and you, you can eventually just like fill, his, fill Chrono's room with adorable cats. The yeah. ultimate dream. Oh, I've never done that. I need to do that. Oh, that's that's the whole reason to play that game. Exactly. <laughs> I've been playing it wrong. <laughs> Why it's only number four. Um, but, yeah, I will go on a tangent with Lynx then, who is also not a cat, weirdly enough. Um, oh. but, uh, he's a big yeah. cat. He's a big cat for the most part. Um, so you played through this Lynx very recently, a- didn't you? I did, yeah. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. Uh, but Lynx is the quote-unquote bad guy slash I don't know how many spoilers I want to go into, but it's 20 years old nearly, so <laughs> he's, he's your dad. So, well, he's like the entity messenger for fate. I don't know how much I want to go into Chrono Cross's plot right now. Mm. Maybe like, we can do an but, episode on it one day. Maybe, yeah. But Lynx, by turns and events, you end up playing as Lynx for at least half of the game, I would say. Most people would say a third, I would say half. I think half um, is, uh, is accurate. Mm. Mm. So, by and large, Lynx is a humanoid cat, but at the same time, I don't think he's a Lynx very much. He's He goes around like a panther, which really... Do you know mm. the dream that um, Surge has? That's a panther. Hmm. And he turns into, and then he's called Lynx, which has always really confused me because he has not got the little tufty ears that. Ah, uh, Japan. Yeah, cat. <laughs> I mean, he's maybe he's a panther named Lynx. Yeah, maybe. Although when he is in humanoid form, he does have the tufty ears, um, and they're kind of slightly. He's slightly. The coloring is a little bit more accurate. But anyway, Lynx is a very interesting character, and as I said, by turns of events, you do end up controlling him. Lynx is more of an entity than a cat, but I think he's a very cool and interesting character because you have to deal with this kind of character swap. Um, so you spend most of the first quarter, maybe just over a quarter, following Lynx around because Kid, who is this mystical, magical thief girl going around who wants to kill Lynx for burning down her home and her orphanage. And Lynx is very threatening, very dominant, very powerful, and very threatening. And the fact that him out of the blue, um, you're going to the Dragon Fortress, you go and fight him and you beat him, um, but he turns, he swaps bodies, so you don't technically become him. Beyond that, Lynx doesn't get too much time as a cat, so he's a mute protagonist all the time you're controlling him. Um, 
and people don't really I suppose it's the virtue of Chrono the Chrono universe and that he's a cat person just like the war and a cat people in the very diverse Breath of Fire series hmm. nobody really bats a eyelid at him even when you know Surge is Lynx and well Lynx is Surge and everyone's a bit scared but I like him and I wish I don't wish I played as him more but I think the way that they handle that particular moment and the way that they carry on the game in that vein is very clever hmm. but there are bits afterwards that kind of drop it down but I think it would have been nice to see more Lynx as Lynx rather than you being Surge as Lynx this mm-hmm. probably doesn't make a lot of sense to anybody who hasn't played Chrono Cross <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I wish he got a little bit more screen time as the cat or as the cat body thing but yeah, mm. you should play Chrono Trigger apparently to collect cats, and I didn't do that twice. <laughs> um, where do we go from here then? So, I will build up to the most recent one on the list. But uh, Trails in the Sky, I did not realize had a cat. I need to know about. Oh, it does. It does come on, sweet little Antoine. Uh, he is the, uh, resident cat of the, uh, Orbal Factory in, in Zeiss. Um, and he, you know, he, the, the every, he, you know, he, he just runs around all the floors of the factory and everybody loves to see him and takes care of him and gives him treats. Uh, and, you know, people are saying, if you see Antoine, you better be nice to him. Uh, and, um, he, he you know, he speaks to you in just like a range of different, uh, different intonations of, uh, of meows. Um, but you find this book in the library that like translates, uh, what his meows mean. So, um, you can, you can see how, uh, how Antoine is, uh, is, is doing and, uh, how he feels about you, um, by, uh, pairing this, uh, book of, uh, translations with his meows. <laughs> and there's, there's quite a few translations, uh, depending on how he's doing. Um, oh, and I want to say that he, I want to say that he has some kind of function in the plot in Trails in the Sky, um, second chapter, but I can't immediately remember. Uh, but I, um, I, I do remember just always, uh, always being thrilled to see Antoine and seeing what was he, he was up to. I think he does sneak aboard your airship eventually. So he's, uh, he becomes the airship cat once you take to the skies. Look at him. But yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really have that much of a role, but he's a cat who, uh, is, uh, well known in, uh, the city of Zweiss and, and everybody loves him. So, um, that's, that's the whole reason I added him to this list. <laughs> no, definitely he deserves it. Mm. I'm surprised the trial series hasn't had more cats, I think. Well, there's a central <laughs> cat in, um, Trails of Cold Steel, um, oh. Celine. Uh, Celine, who's the familiar of uh, of a witch character. Oh who, yes, I do know. Uh, you can you each chapter you can give her uh, give her milk at the different spots where she's uh, lounging, and uh, eventually she'll give you uh, items for giving her enough milk. And oh. she she treats you very coldly. But then, like about halfway through the game, you'll get like a cutscene of like Celine like sitting on a building. She's like, "Hmm, it's begun," and she's like. <laughs> She 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 speaks uh, she speaks the human language and she knows a lot more than she's uh, letting on and she uh, has a a much bigger role in the second game and becomes something of a of a companion to to Reen as he uh, regathers his friends from all across the Erebonian Empire. Hmm. Huh. 
Very good. I'm surprised yeah, I, I didn't put witch... her down instead of Antoine, but Antoine is just so cute. <laughs> well, I know the witch character gets kind of important at some point. Yeah. This very slight digging around I have done, but mm. I forgot that she had a cat, and I do remember the cat now from mm-hmm. real life. I think the cat has her, but... <laughs> Fair enough. That's the appropriate answer. Mm. <laughs> but then... um, So I suppose we'll dive into the general last series um, that we'll cover. There's a couple of cats that we want to cover in this one in the bigger, wider series, although one has kind of become its own beast. But please tell me... I'm A lot of these cats I'm finding out about today, so I'm very, very excited to dig around and get some more information about... I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Goto Doji? Is that right? Goto Doji. Goto Doji, almost. Goto Doji is the uh, companion of Raido Kuzunoha of the PlayStation 2 uh, Devil Summoner duology, the Raido Kuzunoha uh, versus the Solus Army and versus King Abaddon. Uh, and Goto Doji is this talking black cat who uh, he's he's very very stoic uh and uh why he's he's very wise and a bit exasperated but he will take time out to chase birds and um <laughs> run all over the place and make a big mess in the office but um goto doji he was the uh you play as raido kuzunoha the 14th i want to say and goto doji was raido kuzunoha the 13th uh and he committed some kind of sin which meant uh that to redeem himself, he was reincarnated as a cat and has to serve the next, the next Rido. So he, um, so he's this, um, as your Rido is this silent protagonist, uh, Goto is, he's, you know, he's kind of talking for both of you and saying like, well, chief, here's where we got to go. And here's what we got to do. Um, and he's, he's, you know, he's just got this kind of like film noir detective attitude, but he's just a, just a, just a normal cat running around with you. Um, but my absolute favorite thing about Goto is um, you to get from neighborhood to neighborhood in the Rido games, you have to ride the train. And I was worried about what would happen if I, you know, got stuck somewhere and I didn't have enough money for the train. And what happens is um, you go to the station and Goto gives you a bit of an exasperated look and he says, all right, I'll spot it for you this time. Um, and he pays your train fare anytime you don't have money for the train. And then once you do have money, he comes to collect. He wants his money back. But, um, any, anytime you're in trouble, he'll always, he'll always spot you, uh, spot you a train ticket. <laughs> exactly. Exactly he's, what I needed. He's never very happy about it, but he will always do it because he's a good boy. He does. He looks like a hard-boiled cat. When you said detective cat, it was like, no, yeah. that's a hard-boiled cat, definitely. I'm seeing, like, jump, to... he like, jumps on the toast in the intro movie and sends it <laughs> sends it everywhere. It's really good. Oh. <laughs> so good. Oh, see, I, he's a really traditional-looking one, so I think mm. he's the first and the only black cat we've brought up, which is quite interesting. Um, mm. The only time I've seen him is in his outfit for the next cat we'll talk about. Mm. He has an outfit. Persona 5. He's got pretty eyes, which is what I think the first thing mm-hmm. I noticed. Pretty eyes and some hard-boiled whiskers is mm-hmm. the first thing I thought. <laughs> Definitely. I think um, he's probably a reference to his design anyway. He looks exactly like Schrodinger from the Digital Devil Saga games. But um, oh. I think he's uh, oh. I think he's a much more... He's a much cuter and friendlier boy than Schrodinger is. <laughs> oh. But what I like is that... I don't want to say that Raido Kuzunaka is... Um, 
serious, but that you have this like side character who's with you who is has an important purpose, but mm. at the same time, you know, he does. I love the fact that you have like silly animal type characters that will come with you and be normal, mm. but then like you said, a, a butterfly or a butterfly just be like, oh, I'm going now. I'm gonna chase <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to chase the butterfly. <laughs> They've got to have a normal personality as well as have, like, some of their... Yeah, that does it for me. Yeah, it's a real seller. Um, yeah, I'm... This is, this is, I've not played many of the wider games in the Shin Megami Tensei series or even any of... Most of Atlas's outside library, but, again, there's a cat in it, so I obviously need to play these. <laughs> and I know you're a big fan of them, so these two mm. games in particular, so I definitely need to give them a pick mm-hmm. just to see um, Goto... Definitely. Hmm. Um, so, I don't know whether we're going to break a tiny rule here on Richard Encounter, but it might be the we can only talk about Persona once a year, so let's do it now anyway. Um, Persona 5 has a cat that everybody loves and also partially hates, I suppose, but he's only telling you to go to bed because it's a good thing for you. Like, most you divisive cat in the series. Exactly, most divisive cat in the series. He's just watching out for your health, though. Mm, exactly. Um, anyway, it's over a year and a half old in Japan, yeah? so <laughs> let's talk about Morgana for definite. Yeah. Morgana is, but Morgana's not a cat, so should we really be talking about Morgana? Uh, Morgana's a cat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're not in, you know, one of the... Uh... Oh, man, now I've forgotten the names. I'm thinking Delusion Scapes, but that's because I've been playing way too much Octopus Beat. Palace. Palace, that's the word. I mean, when you're outside of the palaces, Morgana takes on, you know, she's full, or he's full cat in that mode. Yeah, and then he, but he doesn't like you calling him a cat. Carrying him around no. in your bag everywhere, and him, like, hiding in the desk and giving you answers. It's so good. Yeah. Fish. yeah. I want to say props to the kid that sits behind you and that sees that cat. <laughs> doesn't spill desk. the beans. Yeah, That's for cool. an entire year. Yeah, well, I mean. Snitches get stitches. If somebody brought their pet into work, I would not tell anybody. Like, it could just sit there. I'd be fine with it. There's nothing wrong with taking your pets to school. Surely. Especially when they're giving you answers. The thing is, I'd want to touch that kitty, and that would give the game away, I'm sure. <laughs> want to touch... Yeah, definitely. But, uh... Morgana is maybe the most plot-centric character we'll cover on this podcast. Um, Morgana is basically the reason the Persona 5's events kick into place. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least in their sense of going through palaces and things like that so you find him first of all in the very first palace in the dungeon um Mm -hmm. he doesn't really think that you can carry on or do go through these palaces but then you awaken to your persona um and then he's kind of impressed by what you can do but morgana is a very good cat and let's talk more maybe more specifically about his cat uh his kind of cat design in the real world although zoro's got a kind of cat design as well so is there hmm. any cat demons in the Shin Megami series that oh. I can't remember? Uh, Nekamata. Yeah, that's Yes, of course. K- Ketchi shows up as well. Mmm, he does in some of the other... Mm-hmm. I don't think he's been in a Persona game. They're the only one experience. Um, I think you can get a Ketchi Persona, but uh, I'm a little uh, hmm. I'm a little unclear. Maybe on one of the older ones. Um, but no, Morgana basically serves a purpose in the real world to be your cat. Um, your uncle, uh, quote unquote, I can't remember his name. Sojiro. Sojiro, best character. Um, Sojiro kind of just accepts him willingly, probably more so than he does you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is important. Um, 
Uh, Morgana kind of walks into your life and is your cat. He comes with you everywhere. He's mm. in your backpack. He talks to you. His little eyes are peeping out the top all the time. Um, he puts up with so much of your rubbish. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he God. does. <laughs> um, his um, social link. I was. I mean, he's the magician. Anyway, and the magician is normally a force. Is he the magician? That's the right one, isn't it? Here uh, Yeah. Or no, he yeah, is a magician. Normally the... Yeah, yeah. He's a magician. Yeah. It's normally the forced social link, isn't it? Or one of the forced ones in the series or has been. Mm-hmm. Or um, So in this instance, it was kind of disappointing to have, like, forced social links. But I wanted to kind of go out with him and like, take him for sushi. That's what I wanted to do, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because... Well, there's a particular scene where you go and have sushi with uh, Sojiro and Futaba and... He wants you to bring back tuna, and you don't do it. Yeah, I was so I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Angry at my negligence for not bringing back fatty tuna. But um, Morgana is a very cool character, and one of my favorite characters in that game, which surprised me a little bit. Um, me too. He's, yeah, um, just because I thought he would be the kind of mentor character, and he does take on that role, but he also takes on the role of kind of your dad but not kind of your dad he just kind of laughs at you and wants you to do things but at the same time he's like telling you to do it in a backwards kind of way and not <laughs> giving you all the information that you need but he's trying to help you do the right thing and he's trying to get but at the same time he's getting you into trouble because at the end of the day you know yeah adults and stuff don't but... forget he also takes on the role of team car <laughs> yeah which i feel oh, is a does. very important thing to note <laughs> For those who team haven't team. played Persona 5, your cat is also a bus you can drive. He is team car and team bus. Uh, or, yeah. Morgana always telling you to sleep, and then occasionally you'll get this cutscene of uh, the protagonist in bed and like having a nightmare that he's being crushed by a boulder, but it's just Morgana like laying and sleeping on his warm belly. And um, yeah. I can relate to that, and also uh, it explains why Morgana wants you to go to bed. He's a cuddle. He's Perfect. a cuddle buddy. Oh, it all makes sense yeah. now. Yeah, cat belly. Borscht oh, yells at me when he wants me to go to bed. So <laughs> it's bedtime now. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I love Morgana. Um, he just serves so many purposes, and said he's probably the most pot relevant character that we've had. He's got a lot of existential pain to overcome as well, more so than the exactly. other characters in that game. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely, he's got a big identity crisis. Like we were saying, he's says he's not a cat but he doesn't know what he is so you mm. spend a good chunk of the game going through it i always it did more for me than like... teddy's uh, similar crisis did oh yeah definitely um every time he was like what do you think i am i would always tell him he's a cat <laughs> yeah me so too i think morgana probably hated me by the end of it <laughs> <laughs> but i appreciate morgana being around and yeah his very cute little collar mm-hmm. is he the only one with a collar that we've talked about uh, I think Rollo had a collar. Rollo does have a collar. Meow's got I mean, a necklace. Softest, the softest cats have the best collars. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. But um, the couple of other ones that we will cover off very briefly. There's not too much to say about them. There are so many cats that we probably haven't covered. Um, there is a little Earthbound reference. We're gonna. I'll focus particularly on the beginning or Earthbound beginnings. Um. So there are cats in Magicant that like to swim around, and I think Magicant is entirely populated by cats in Earthbound Beginnings. That's not carried through in the sequel. Um, it's Flying Man in the sequel. It is Flying Man in the sequel. There are <laughs> flying 
the, <laughs> just remembered Flying Man from the original as well. Um, <laughs> what a game. Um, but I never got as far as Magic Hat in the original, so I want to hear all about these swimming cats. See, I don't remember. I actually covered this game for the site out of interest. It is a... It's worth playing for a history lesson, I would say. <laughs> Maybe don't do the last dungeon, though, because that's an unprogrammed nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, Magicant is full of swimming cats. Uh, so they swim through clouds, basically. Um, they are adorable. They don't really have a lot to say to you. Um, they sell you items, the ones in the shops, but... They are very, very good cats, and I want more cats in Earthbound. But Earthbound has already got good animal representation with King and... Is it Boney and Mother 3, I believe? Boney, yeah. Boney, yeah. Boney is a good dog. Um, but I know you said that there was a ref- one brief reference to a cat in Earthbound where you knock on a door and... Well, there, there are cats milling around the town in Earthbound yeah. that you can talk to, and there's the cat who sleeps on the roof of Polestar Preschool. But yeah, in uh, yeah. in in Toto, uh, you can knock on a door, and a cat will answer back, meow from behind the closed door, and um, I always like that. <laughs> Just one snippet of normality. <laughs> um, a series we're going to be covering more on the site um, in general is Monster Hunter. My knowledge, and I think my fellow podcaster's knowledge, is not as well. Overlord Mike salutes his <laughs> knowledge on Monster Hunter, or Nick as well, who is very well versed in the series. Uh, the Palico, from what I've seen, are extremely adorable, and from what little I've toyed around with in the beta, you can give them different skins, so you've got, like, Black Palico, you've got Calico Palico, and different things, and they've got different eyes. And the one that followed us around, it had, like, a little spade, I don't know whether it is, but it goes around and it can forage for you and do hunting, but it also attacks the monsters that you're attacking as well. Um, That's a good when boy. We were play- yeah, when we were playing it the other day, um, our Palico um, um, managed to ride one of the other dinosaurs and start attacking the lizards. So Whoa! Was- yeah, he was definitely a good boy. Yeah, you can ride animals at Monster Hunter, <laughs> so Monster Hunter World. I don't know if you can in the other ones, but my knowledge yeah, is I don't know enough, I'm afraid. Series. No. Um, and last one, which is another series, which we'll be getting a bit more coverage this year, is uh, Nino Kuni um, in Ding Dong Dell. The uh, kingdom is ruled by King Tom, who is a great, big, fat, fluffy boy cat. Hmm. And uh, he's got an analog in the real world who's just uh, he's just an obese cat who sleeps all day. Called I think he's just called Tom, or maybe he's called Tommy. And, oh, um, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, he's always just eating food and going to sleep. And uh, I think it's like, don't you have to, like, get him to stop being so lazy so King Tom stops being lazy? You have to do something with the the real Tom to solve a problem. There's a lot of that in um, the first game, or the beginning of the first game anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, I don't remember. Um, I don't really remember much about King Tom as well, but... He was grumpy, but his big fat cat analog was adorable and um, (laughs) mild-tempered. I like the I like the fat boys. Yeah, we like the fat boys and meow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I think that probably does it. I'm sure there is loads that we've missed. Um, I think somebody I in know. Tales of Fantasia compares Ark to a tiger in some way, but that might just be a conceit of the uh, fan translation. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it's specific in the original version. It's I don't think it is. G- it's definitely not. It's definitely not. <laughs> 
the slightly not accurate translation. That was the style at the time. Boy, oh boy. It was. Dragon Quest V patch that was just full of people cursing like sailors. (laughs) Oh, tigers. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, at least it's not kangaroo, though, so. Oh, now I just remembered Saber from Dragon Quest V. Oh, good boy. All right, strap in, folks. We're going three hours on this one. Go on. Saber, go for oh, it. Saber? Okay, yeah. Oh, Saber is the best party member in Dragon Quest V. Um, you encounter him when you're just a child and he's being bullied by a group of uh, near do well kids. And mm. you have to travel through a haunted house with your possible future wife, Bianca, in order to save him. Once you do, he travels with you throughout your entire childhood, unfortunately, being left behind once you're, uh, spoiler alert, kidnapped afterwards. But you reunite with him when he's a big boy, and he remembers you, and he helps you go on adventures. He's mm. so cute. He's so sweet. He's best boy. I, I was gonna say, is he not just a saber cat? And that answers my question. He is a saber cat. Yeah, but I think he's the only, because uh, I think in six or eight or one of the other ones where you can recruit a lot of monsters, they have multiple saber cats. But I'm pretty positive in five, um, saber is the only saber cat in the game. I believe he is, yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. He's also a kind of rare instance for cats in that he's better at physical attacks and can't use magic. Hmm. Like, mostly animal animal um, party members tend to focus on magic, but he is a, he is a powerful boy. Mm-hmm. He's so, so strong. I did want to make one more mention of an <laughs> upcoming game, so potential good boys. Oh. And, uh, the upcoming Yakuza 6. You can actually collect cats to make oh, a what? cat cafe. Oh my what? god! You can make a cat cafe in that game. That's one of the crazy mini games, and that's why that will be my game of the year for 2018. Uh, I can't pre-order it any harder. It's not fair. <laughs> Honestly, look up the videos. There's just videos of Kiryu feeding milk to like 20 cats, and they're all just drinking it with hearts popping up over them. Oh my god! It's I beautiful. can't wait. That's amazing. I had no idea. Isn't there a cat you feed in Shenmue as well? Oh my gosh, yes. Little Suzu. (laughs) Oh, Every time I play that game, I have to go and feed Little Suzu some milk and sardines every morning and every evening. I cannot Mm -hmm. leave that little cat alone. It's just too too heartbreaking. No. So, taking taking care of Little Suzu, who's orphaned. Oh, that's that's a wonderful quest. I hit a soft spot. (laughs) Oh, right. Any more suggestions? Left, right? Uh, I feel like we go for five more hours, so I'm just going to stop talking. Because <laughs> they just keep coming. Me. Yep. I think we got a lot in. I think we've done well. Mm-hmm. Good. Me too. I've learned a lot, which is good, like I did on the dog episodes. I love cats. Otherwise, we love dogs slightly better. But if they're all chubby boys, then I'm pretty good. Yeah. Chubby boys are the best. Um, so yeah, that will do us for this week's episode of Retro Encounter. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. Um, if you want to, as, as per normal, uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Google Play, give us a listen, read through comments, give us some really good feedback. We'd love to hear from all of you. Or you can pop us an email as well at retroing at rpgfan.com, where you can give us episode suggestions, criticism, just give us any kind of feedback. we love to hear from you readers, listeners, anybody out there. Um, so in the future, um, we have just finished Indie Month on our second Indie Month on Retro Encounter. 
and we're going back to the PS1 after a brief break from Wrath of Fire. So this time we're going back to 1998. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we're going to try Ace's kind of glory period where Star Ocean was good and they were making Valkyrie Profile, which is what will be our episode, um, our game journal for the next month. Uh, so please look forward to that. It's a game, a very unusual game from what mm-hmm. I've experienced. So looking forward to those episodes. Um, after that as well, as a kind of the back to normality, as I said, this was kind of a joke anti lunar year of the dog episode. We are actually doing a year of the dog episode, but we're not talking about all dogs. Don't worry. We're talking about a special dog a special dog that we just covered and just got re-released on the PS4, we are going to talk about Akami. So please give us a listen on that one. Caitlin is currently playing that on our Twitch stream at the moment, and she also wrote our very good review on that, So, which she had absolutely nothing but praise to say about that. Um, so please, please give us a listen on a couple of weeks' time for that one. But otherwise, that is us for Retro Encounter for the next couple of weeks. Um but if you want to get hold of any of us, uh, Keegan, where can we find you on social media or boards anywhere? Well, on the boards, I occasionally, you know, walk around there. My username is Fozzy Bear. Uh, no correlation with the Muppet. So. <laughs> sure. None. And um, I'm very active on Twitter. You can find me there at a uh, Kaylee Brand. I'm actually playing through the Danganronpa series right now, so check out oh. my my tweets on everything. It's it's been a wild ride. I'm midway through two right now, so oh, you might have to listen to our. We did a game journal on one, and then a special episode on two. Oh, I skipped like, those episodes. I refuse to listen to them until I'm done. <laughs> you can wise listen move. To, oh, yeah, I don't want to be spoiled. You can listen to one and two of one because we don't spoil any of two. Yeah, so, I guess. Well, then I'll make. I'm going to make you listen to spoiler encounter for three. Then no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, those games are wild rides. I oh, so wish I could have my memory wiped and replay them for the same, all three of them. Um, but Robert, where can we find you on social media? I'm at uh, Towns Carmarty on the boards, and I'm on. I'm very active on Twitter, like Keegan at MissAnthroBob. Uh, and if you follow me, you'll will see a whole bunch of pictures of my kitty. Mm-hmm. It's a good kitty too. As of recording day, you posted a very good picture of your kitty, so I can. That's he is that. he is holding his foot in the air. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I love it when animals just decide to do different yoga. <laughs> without, like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, Borscht is a very good kitty and has made a couple of appearances occasionally on these podcasts. Oh, yeah. so, he has, yeah. yeah. He is yeah, very also... he's very vocal in our recent Chroma Squad episode. Brilliant. <laughs> Perfect. Um but we also have another RPG fan count as well. I, um, he doesn't get a lot of screen time anymore. Uh, Peter Treisenberg's cat, Mo, who's made yeah, the Mo. Rhythm Encounter. And I have heard him, I think, once on one Retro Encounter episode way back. Um, that's when He's I, a good boy. He is a good boy, definitely. Um, He's very cute. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any RPG fan cats to contribute. But um, if you want to come and talk to me, um, I am Diving Falcons on the Boards. Uh I frequent Discord occasionally, so pop onto our forums if you're interested in joining our RPG fan Discord. Um, I'm Diving Falcons on there as well. But I am also very active on Twitter, but you can find me on Twitter at Alana Hagues, where I'm usually mouthing off about whatever I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> probably Valkyrie Profile or current review projects, which I'm trying to be mysterious about, but end up slipping up on. But 
no, it's been a really good episode. I'm really glad that we got to talk about cats as well as dogs because they're as equally loved on the site and they deserve all the attention they get. Um, all the chubby boys, all the space boys, all of the cute and fluffy boys, all of them. <laughs> we just need more cats and maybe in a couple of years' time we'll do a recap on a Yakuza 6, which mm-hmm. I need to get in on these cat cafes. So oh, it's going yeah. to be a good one. I'm very excited <laughs> for it. Right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and join us next week for Valkyrie Profile and week after for a special episode on Akami. Mm-hmm.